Welcome to Unlock Your Magic, the podcast all about living authentically and doing life on your own terms. My name is Christine, I'm your host, and I invite you to come on a journey with me to discover what it means to live an authentic life, looking at the messy bits of how to get there, and hopefully picking up some tips and tricks along the way so that you can start living life as your truest self. Welcome to another episode of Unlock Your Magic. Today's guest is Fiona Marr, who is a trauma-informed somatic leadership coach, a business mentor, and founder of Anam Coaching. She's a storyteller, an earth lover, and a soulful woman deeply rooted in the richness of her Celtic land and mythology. As a former CEO who has walked the walk, chased her dreams, and now helps others to do the same. Today, she supports visionary leaders on their path to prosperity and fulfillment to lead without limitation from a regulated embodied space. Welcome, Fiona. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for coming. So as a, you know, I do a lot of somatic work myself, so I'm really excited to talk to you about this because it's so life-changing or it has been life-changing for me. So I can't wait for you to share your wisdom and your experience. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Tell us a little bit, maybe, about, I always start with, who who are you today? Who am I today? Well, thanks for having me, first and foremost. Um, who am I today? Yeah, that that's, uh, that's a good question. That's a broad question. Um, I guess I am probably the most grounded and centered woman at this stage of my life than I've ever been. Um... I suppose growing up, I I would have considered myself maybe a bit of a wild child, um, kind of never felt that I fit in places, and yeah, I'm really kind of struggled to find my tribe. Really, you know, really struggled to find a place where I could be myself and to be seen and to be heard and. You know, just growing up, I mean, as a young child, I felt very, very connected to nature, very connected to something otherworldly and something very different. And I really kind of felt like I lived in a bubble and really lived in a world of my own. And I was so happy in that bubble and that world, you know, and I felt over time and, you know, just growing up in a very Catholic family. That level of kind of self-awareness, I guess, as a child or that level of wanting to express differently or wanting to voice how you are or, you know, trying to find and navigate your way through through life when when it's not within the kind of the constructs of what's believed to be acceptable. It's very, very different and it's very difficult for a child, I think, to I I certainly went into myself. I certainly kind of went inward and off a lot and and really kind of felt that over time and it wasn't really anything, you know, verbal in the sense of any kind of thing that was coming at me all of the time. It was real more sensory. It was, you know, patterns and conditioning and stuff like that that really started to take hold on, I guess, on a cellular level. You know, and, and I really started to to change. My personality started to change, um, and kind of grew up feeling there was something wrong with me. 
you know, because I, I was different in my family. I was different and I had other ideas. And as I said, when it's not, when it's perceived to be not a safe place to do that, there's no other way, to, nowhere else to go really, except to go inward. Mm. And I found that, or, or, you know, it, it was almost like a double-edged sword. I found it to be quite a freeing space, but I also found it very difficult because I felt, ultimately I felt unheard and unseen and that's a really difficult space for a child to navigate and that kind of followed through all through my teenage years into my 20s and and when you start to feel like you know you're you're too much of this that things are the things you're too sensitive and you're too this and you're too that and over time the world kind of crushes you you know it, it kind of and I am a sensitive person and I am very much emotionally centered. So I took in all of those. I took in that narrative. I started to believe that narrative. And that then led on to feeling, you know, really severe episodes of anxiety, agoraphobia, you know, and, and that continued for quite a long time throughout my life. And it's really, as I say, only maybe, I, I think it was actually around my 40th birthday. And it was like, okay, my girls are much older. I'm feeling like something is shifting here. And you tend to lose a lot of the the labels, I guess, you know, and the things that you were told you can and can't do. Um, and really felt like I was kind of coming into my own as a woman and really beginning to reclaim my voice, to understand myself. And that was all done through work. I mean, that wasn't done through like, you know, it just happened over time. I really did a lot of the soul work myself. Um, you know, really did my personal growth and really kind of felt, I think it was probably on the cusp of around the pandemic is when things majorly changed. I felt a major, major shift. And that was really when I started to come back into the feminine because my life was really I lived it in a kind of almost like a, a hyper masculine state. I was very competitive. You know, anything, any kind of behavioral pattern really that would allow you to be seen, you know, and yeah, so I was very, very competitive and, and the masculine energy really led me through my life. You know, I felt, I felt very safe in actually in the, even in the company of men and the company of masculine energy more so than I did with women and the feminine energy. And, and and again, that was only something that I had to kind of go through the layers myself and, and really work out what was going on there and, and what the imbalance was. And then ultimately it just comes back to the body. You know, it comes back to the imbalance that was there in the body and, you know, just with going through the previous business that I had, that was very much driven by the masculine it was an amazing time I have to say it was it was one of the most transformative experiences of my life you know I am quite creative I'm a creative cancerian I just love to kind of get in there and just yeah I, I really enjoy the creative process um and it kind of you know established the business grew it to where to go felt amazing but in that time, that's when a lot of the aha moments fell in for me because I actually felt I was living in overdrive. I felt completely disembodied, like I was 
I was literally living from the neck up and ignoring my health was suffering. I actually set the business up. It was a health food brand. And I set the business up on the back of a health scare back in 2014, you know, and so it was like health was really a priority for me and coming into myself was really much a priority. But I think at that point, I wasn't sure how. I knew something had to shift. I knew something had to change, but I wasn't actually sure what or how. And it was really then when I did start to soften into the feminine and I decided, okay, I know that there's something else within me. I, I'm, I'm starting to get curious. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to do my training. I, I mean, I did kind of, you know, I did yoga, I did meditation, I did all of that stuff. And I'm the type of person who, if I find a passion, I want to trade in it. <laughs> and I really had to kind of stop myself there last year. I thought, okay, enough now, Fiona. Just put the practice, put it, put it all into practice now rather than, okay, another thing to learn. I suppose I wasn't really academic either growing up. You know, I, I went through school and everything else, but my brain wasn't, I wasn't that way inclined. You know, I was more about the kind of the experience of the life experience and everything else. So, and again, you're kind of like that conditioning and that narrative that you're told, well, you're you're not good at this subject. So like, I was so bad at maths in school, so bad. But yes, like no problem with my business and, you know, growing it and getting investment and scale, ex, you know, all of that stuff. It, it just, it, it came to me. But when you have this kind of on your shoulders that you can't do something, you know, it, it, it's, it takes a while to, to release those threads, I guess, just to cut those ties and, and kind of move into yourself really. Um, and I, I don't think there was any one major moment it was kind of a culmination of of moments that led me to to almost breaking point in the business because I was completely and utterly burnt out my body was screaming at me I had so much going on and it was like okay whose dream am I living here Mm. you know whose expectations am I trying to live up to and really, I started to try and find myself in all of these layers and the, the decades of being that girl who was a people pleaser. I was such a people pleaser and that good girl mentality. And it's it's really, it actually suffocates you. It, it stifles your voice. So when you do come to a place where you feel actually this can be different or this can change and then your body realizes well actually that feels good it feels so much better to be able to voice how you're feeling explain how you're feeling rather than kind of suppressing it all and just bottling it back up again you know so i think with the initially with the yoga and ayurveda training um that was just that was the first time that I had a kind of a long period of staying in the body. Mm. That was my first real kind of, yes, this is safe. This is what I need. This is what my soul needs. This is just, this is just bliss. Mm. Why was I avoiding this for so long? And you know, it, it was, it was a slow process in the sense of really trying to uncover who I am 
Um, and it was very shady and very kind of, it was very blurry for a while because I still wasn't sure. I was kind of coming out of one set and I was kind of going into, well, this is really new territory to, to kind of where I am today, you know, and that's the beauty of the growth process, I guess, as well. But um, along the way, then I really, I, I experienced somatic um, therapy and I remember going to an event in, it was actually a weekend retreat in Dunderry. And it was just, yeah, I mean, it, it was just next level stuff. And it was my first experience of really coming home to yourself and really using the power of the body, the mind and the soul to kind of bring all the parts of yourself back together again. You know, I, I really felt those parts of me that were lost all through the years. And I didn't feel whole. And when I experienced that for the first time, it was so moving. I mean, you know, when, when you talk about somatics and when something really visceral shifts in the body, that begins to change on a cellular level and your DNA changes. Like you actually, like even the neuroscience and everything behind it all now, it's like there, there's actual DNA change there, which is just incredible that, that we can actually, the body can dictate to that degree, how much we we can grow and how much we can change it, and it, I think it has been an area that has been overlooked. And now I think that it's been backed by neuroscience, and you have a lot of this research coming out and everything else. People are looking at it as a bit more. Oh, okay, you know, like it, up until recently, I feel it was very kind of woohoo, <laughs> and it was, you know, oh, well, really, I don't know, yeah, but. Like, you know, let's just trust the psychotherapy and, you know, like the whole. Yeah. Yeah. In my experience also, like it's the, so, so if you don't know, I mean, somatic really is soma is the body. So it's really mm -hmm. just looking at the, the body and, and how we can embody and, and because obviously trauma and conditioning and everything, we, we, we can't outthink our trauma, which, you know, yes, we need to process it. And I think a combination of of, you know, having the psychotherapy tools or the, the psychology tools and the, and the, all of that, but combined with somatics is the, is the game. Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, in that, in that weekend, like, it's like the reconciliation between mind, body and spirit, because mm -hmm. you have to be congruent and, and in line because otherwise there's always one part that's not there. And mm -hmm. that feeling of non-wholeness. I think is it's just so overwhelming. And for people like you and I who are sensitive, I sometimes feel like that can, and I don't know if other people experience that the same way. And being, I don't know. I, I love to always kind of find out because it feels so, like you said, visceral. Yeah, absolutely. And you're so right. It's like, we can't think our way into safety. We have to feel it. You know, and I totally agree with you. Um, I mean, I've done the talk therapy myself. It's it only gets you so far and you do need something. I felt anyway, personally, I needed something to, to come kind of complement that, you know, because I I did, you know, I fascinated with Jungian psychology and went and I studied in that. And, you know, so from the kind of the mind and the 
I suppose the archetype, I, I really like that resonance that really resonated with me. So from that perspective, that worked, but I did feel the, the biggest change and the biggest shift always happened for me when I came into my body and you know, it's, it is, it's a, it's a safe place and it's, 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 it's that kind of, as you say, that, that embodiment piece that if you, if you kind of give yourself that time to explore that and, you know, and it's very difficult for people. And I, I totally appreciate that, that anybody who has been through trauma and, you know, like, let's be real, everybody carries some level of trauma, whether it's being small, sometimes it's not even our own. Sometimes it's ancestral and it's generational and we sometimes find ourselves responding and our behaviors are, are, are different to maybe what we might actually feel. And we kind of question, well, where is this coming from? You know, and it can be going back generations. We know this now, the, the line, the, you know, the ancestral line is so strong. And when you look at, you know, the DNA element and, and the genes, when that all comes through, that, that trauma is passed down. And I feel now it's such a, I think now it's such a poignant time for, for women, for the world, obviously, in general, but for women now, because women are really starting to use their voice as a tool of action and really starting to reclaim the the kind of power. And it's not like, it's not a, this isn't a gender-based thing at all when we talk about the patriarchy and everything else. You know, that, that's this systemic conditioning that has been passed down from generation to generation. I really feel now there there is this massive opportunity where women can actually learn and feel comfortable and safe in learning how to stand up and how to gain that confidence within themselves to 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 use their voice for change and to feel that, you know, and because traditionally and, and historically, feeling safe isn't a natural state for women. You know, we're not conditioned to feel safe. No. And also, you know, we, we can't. Sorry, the, also the balance is from a balanced point of view, right? Because you were speaking earlier about coming very much from an, a masculine point of view, mm. but from a masculine energy. And what I, what I hear you saying now is that women are starting to kind of use their voice, but I feel it's from a, a more balanced and healthy feminine energy rather than the, you know, because when you go into the unhealthy feminine, that's the chaotic, that's the, you know, the rage, the all of that. But I think when you, yeah. and, and when you look at it from, can you come from a balanced and that where the Celtic um, mythology and the Celtic wisdom comes in also for uh, in my experience is that when you allow the feminine to be there or when you allow the feminine to have its space the masculine and the action comes naturally and and without force and without having to push and do right um i don't know if that's what you're feeling also that when when you talk about that with the women starting to get their voices mm. Mm, absolutely and even when you when you say that my body feels there's almost an expansion you know I feel really kind of calm in that space because it it feels very real and it feels very 
you know, present. And it's definitely something that 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 is happening. And yeah, like I mean, Celtic mythology and our landscape is just it's my go to. It's absolutely my go to. And you know, I feel I've I've done an awful lot of work actually on my family tree and my ancestry and everything else. And it's an area that I've I've always, even actually as a young child, I was always really fascinated. Who am I? Where do I come from? You know, and yeah, in the last couple of years, um, my dad passed suddenly Christmas 21. And since then, um, I have really gone deeper into that aspect of where am I actually from and where we, where our family do, does come from in Tipperary is at the foothills of Schlieve Naman. Um, and that's the Irish for mountain of the women. And it, to me, that just feels, it's like a big hug. It's like a big, oh my God, you know, it makes so much sense. This is where I'm from. Of course, this is where I'm from. And it really is an area steeped in so much history, really and truly in so much history. Um, and with that, I take just an immense amount of pride, you know, to, it, it's like that, it's, you know, it's almost like a fighting spirit inside. Mar translates as the fighting tribe, you know, and I, and I always, I always feel that. I always feel that kind of, that, steeliness at times you know I feel that centering and that that strength which is really I feel is definitely in the family you know it's definitely something that, that that's passed down and, and 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 in our family um but I have to say you know what we have in terms of our you know the goddesses and everything else and and bringing it back to the feminine you know it's it, it's like the 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 gateway is is kind of reopened. There's been, I think, around COVID as well. So many of us just stopped in our tracks, and all you can do is go back to the land. Really, that's that's what I felt anyway. I kind of fell back into the feminine arts. You know, I started to write poetry again. Uh, I got into dance again, recreative. All of the kind of feminine, feminine kind of energy and the feminine traits were starting to to reemerge and. There's been this huge shift in awareness and awakening around that. And the beauty of it is that men are also aware of this and men are so available and willing to hold space, get curious, ask the questions, which is really, really great. And I do totally agree as well. It's 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 about balancing that energy, that masculine and feminine energy, because we can't have one without the other. You know, it, it, it does have to, you know, we, I, I think where, where I have, I don't want to jump forward now, maybe too much, but where I'm kind of going in, in my business now with animal coaching is really allowing a woman to, not me allowing, allowing is probably the wrong word, but, you know, just inviting a woman to explore that space for herself she can be a go-getter. She can be a leader. She can be, you know, all of the the masculine, hard work driven, all of that combined with the softness of the feminine and combined with body work and building a really, building a body honoring vision for a business idea that they might have, you know, building, building it all from the foundations where their body and soul and health, wealth and health, health and well-being even are at the fore, you know, that they can achieve 
that they can, you know, whatever they desire. I mean, the possibilities are absolutely endless. And I think when we look even what's going on globally now, so many more cultures are are very subtly and slowly opening up to this idea. Not all, we know that, which, you know, that's another conversation, I guess, but there is a conscious shift, you know, there's definitely conscious conscious shift in the kind of the, the equity piece and embracing equity and, you know, freeing up that space to allow women back into the workforce on a major, major level and allow women to, to lead from that place of embodiment where they feel, actually, I do have a voice and I can make an impact. I am driven and, and go from there. And it also feels less, um, when you come from that place, I always think it feels less hard and it feels easier. And, and, you know, that's the feminine flow, but it, it, it also, the, the, and talking about like thematics in my body, it feels really a lot like more grounded and not kind of like with a lot more oomph than when you just come from your head, when you come from yeah. that rooted like grounded place i always think of the trees right like when you have those roots down and like the because when you come from the masculine you know you can like or i always felt like if a, a big storm came i'd be kind of like swooshed over whereas if your roots mm-hmm. are down and you're like okay now i'm allowing this to be here allow like allowing the feminine to really be rooted in Trusting that intuition, trusting to also allowing the shifts and changes, right? Because it's like, it's sometimes it's like, oh, it needs to kind of shift into this rather than clinging on to, but I have the plan in my head that needs to be X, Y, and Z in my business. When you allow yourself to kind of tune in and kind of say, oh, it's not the time, then there's no pushing. I've had that with a project that I've put out. I had put it out and it was just putting it out at the very beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, no, I have to pull that. It just not is not the right time. A year later, it came around again and I didn't even need to advertise it and it filled up. So it's, and that's the feminine working with that feminine energy and kind of allowing that to kind of percolate. Because I'm very passionate about the Celtic as well. And it's so... It's such a countercultural thing to do, but like I think you said just there, more and more cultures or more and more, you know, countries or, or areas are coming around to that. So I was like, there is like a whole movement of like, there is another way. Like we don't mm-hmm. have from the patriarchal kind of like, you know, hustle, bustle. It's like, no, like leading from the feminine may sometimes look chaotic, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just wondering then how, because obviously it, it, with all the trainings that you've done and all the the embodiment work that you've you've done to come to this place now with your um, Anam coaching and maybe actually maybe go a little bit into what Anam coaching means because actually yeah, it's an Irish absolutely. Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so to give a bit of background on it, um, um, last year I was involved in a regenerative garden project. It was a community project. And one of one of the reasons I got involved in it was because just after losing my dad, it was the most, um, it's a beast, an absolute beast of a process. And I never felt as present and as tuned in in the days and the weeks that followed all of that. I remember smelling, I remember breathing, like almost muscles and movements were conscious. You know, I was never so present in, in all of that darkness. I really did feel a bit of a light. I, I, I can't really explain it. Sometimes it's these experiences that transcend words, I guess, but it was, it was just one of those experiences in my life where it did change me. It absolutely changed me. And when I, when I was asked to get involved in the garden project, I thought this is exactly what my soul needs. I need to get into the ground and get my hands dirty, get into the earth, reconnect. And it was just, it was great. We, you know, planting and learning so much. I mean, it was just an incredible experience. But one of the, one of the tasks that I was given myself and another girl was to come up with a memorial space. It was a large piece of land and we were tasked with coming up with a, a memorial space for kind of a contem contemplative state, uh, sorry, contemplative place where um, anybody who may come in, because it was going to be open to the community. So anybody who came in could just come to this sculpture and have it as a place of solace, really, you know, and I had, as I say, you know, in lockdown and everything, I had thrown myself into books. I was reading and um, John O'Donoghue, he's an Irish, he was a philosopher, a poet, he was a priest, like one of the most amazing souls in, in, in Irish literature, really. And his book, The Anamkara, and I was starting to read it deeper and I was going into it a lot and it kind of coincided around the time of, you know, coming up with the concept for the structure uh, or the sculpture. And I said, well, maybe how, how about we call it the Anamkara? And the group were like, oh, what does that mean? So I was like, well, you know, I'm just reading and this is where I'm at. And so Anam is the Irish for soul and Kara is the Irish for friend. So in the Celtic tradition, the Anamkara was the person in the community to whom you could go to, to, you know, open-heartedly confess everything, whether that's a spiritual guide or a teacher or a companion. And really where you feel heard and safe and understood, you feel home and you feel connected. And something just dropped in me then. And I was like, this absolutely resonates with me, you know, to look at something where I could possibly be a guide to women who have struggled to find their safe space, who have struggled to find their voice, who have felt misunderstood, have these massive dreams and ambitions and ability to build their empire and create their wealth and abundance, but just need some help and support from, from a soul level, you know, to really understand for I kind of, you know, when you get to that stage and then you have to sit with your why and, you know, how can I be of service? How can I serve? And it was really that, that I 
felt I could provide that container and that safe space for women who have experienced, I suppose, trauma throughout their lives, who are really at a point where they want to move past that stuck feeling. They want to move past that conditioning and the labels and all that old narrative and everything else um, in, a, in a supported way. And then given my experience that I have, you know, with the food business and, you know, kind of ideation right the way through to, you know, creating design and scaling, export, exiting, you know, the whole, the whole package. So I felt like I could combine the two, the two kind of modalities, if you like, you know, the business entrepreneurial side, along with the kind of the more holistic and somatic approach to to really allow a woman to kind of approach their, their leadership or business from a place of knowing what feels right for them, what feels right, what, what's a yes to your body, what's a no to your body. You know, oh, we oh, we do this. We we all do this. We kind of put ourselves forward and put ourselves out there and we may not be feeling this or it doesn't feel good for us, but yet we tend to do it. And, you know, it's to really strip away all of that and just find that little spark that's that's there, and 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 allow kind of allow the exploration for that to happen, and provide that space where a woman can explore that for herself. You know, so that's where Anam Coaching came from. Then I just last year I was, you know, that was it. I was I was going to launch it, and like you said timing it wasn't the right time last year it really wasn't the right time and that was a really big lesson for me because I felt the old me if you like inverted commas or the masculine me would have just got out there and done it but the page and the softness and the just hold back like you said just just hold back see what happens see what feels right Rather than the mind dictating, this is what I'm doing, I'm going to go with this regardless of X, Y, and Z. Come back to the body. How is it feeling in the body right now? You know, and it's really to build those practices into our day, to build those practices into making those little changes, making a very subtle change each time. Like at the moment, I'm I'm, um, I'm training actually in body dreaming and somatics. And you know, we talk about the just noticeable difference in that. And it's really about, we're not looking to like break world records here. It's just the just noticeable difference within your life on any given moment on any given day. And to really fine tune that and and pick that, you know, and, and, and expand it out from there as opposed to, Okay, I want to do all of this. I want to achieve all of this, and these are my dreams and visions. That that's amazing, but we need a starting point. And the starting point for for me and in my experience now is being from the body, from inside out, as opposed to outside in. Hmm. How did all of this work? All the thematic work, all of all of the different trainings and stuff like that. How do you think? Or what was the thing that helped you the most to come back to yourself? Because it sounds like, um, especially with what you're doing now, is you're coming back to where you started the conversation, where we started the conversation of, well, I didn't really fit in. I didn't really feel heard or seen. 
Um, and that's a, always a process of, of getting that back and, and finding your own space. How do you think all of those things have helped you come back to your own place of worthiness of, of non-people pleasing of yeah. exactly the way I am and I can show up and it's safe for me to show up. Mm. Yeah. I think ultimately was It was definitely a combination of events, I suppose, but also I think taking ownership, that was a big thing, you know, because there was this outwardly expectation that this is going to help me, she's going to fix me, this is for this and this is for that and that, that, that. There was all these external <laughs> and Somewhere along the way, I began to build the trust within myself. I began to outsource, rather than outsource everything to somebody else to fix, it was like, okay, you're a grown-ass woman now, Fiona. You know, just take ownership, take the responsibility. Um, and, and really having those hard conversations with myself, really having those conversations um it wasn't easy. It's been a mess, you know, it's been a messy process. But now when I speak, I don't speak anything that isn't my truth. And I think that's really important. I've learned how to filter out all of the, all of the stuff that's not relevant, all the stuff that's not mine. And, you know, allowed that I used to think for all through the years that I, I'm a very vulnerable person and people can see that I'm vulnerable. I don't think they did. I thought they saw, saw someone now who was very standoffish and very uh, almost guarded because I didn't know that vulnerability within myself. It took a long time for me to and then to realize there's strength and vulnerability. So it was really a process of rather than moving on, I began to, I began to move in. And I couldn't tell you any one moment or any specific thing that happened. It just seemed to be the culmination of the years of self-work, um, life experience, you know, my, you know, the stage of life that I'm at now and that that's why I love to work with the Celtic goddesses and the archetypes, I think, because, you know, the wise woman of the Crone age is just, it's fierce. It's just like. Unapologetic. It's gone through. Pardon? Unapologetic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just this ferocity on the kind of outside, but just the softness, sorry, the softness underneath, you know, it's just really. It makes sense to me. It's something that I feel that I can relate to kind of externally, but bring it internally and it feels good. And I think that's what we use archetypes for, you know, is to that speak to that kind of resonance and that storytelling to, to bring that embodiment piece within, you know, to bring it all inward and allow that to kind of just, yeah, 
kind of as you you use the word percolate earlier and that that's a lovely kind of it's a lovely word you know just allow it all to kind of to percolate around and I think that where I'm at right now in my life I'm a lot more confident in who I am I know the direction I want to go in um not afraid to speak my voice or to you know speak my truth and I've really learned how to honor my body you know and yeah I suppose the kayak is really my kind of ultimate go-to archetype and goddess you know it's just this this whole idea of kind of forming the landscape you know dropping boulders as she goes and I think really it's you know in terms of our Celtic tradition or Celtic mythology we don't have a creation story and the kayak is really the first kind of reference to the feminine on our land I suppose the feminine in our consciousness here in Ireland so yeah, I, I feel, I, and I've always felt a draw to her, even as a young child, funny enough. And my nanny used to talk to me about this years ago in her, in her kitchen. She used to have a really narrow kind of galley kitchen and the Wailing Banshee, she used to call her, you know, and I just remember the stories and I remember the, I don't know, just, just that, that feeling that it gave, you know, it, it's so, it's, and even to look at kind of interpretations and, and pictures, I mean, she looks fierce and she looks angry. And But I never thought that. I always kind of felt and saw a softness within her. You know, that's... Uh, so a lot of my work, a lot of my poetry is based around that. A lot of... A lot of what I try to kind of work through myself, that, that's, that's where I go. I go back to... I go back to that all the time. It's just... It's a... It's a beautiful way to when you're not sure, I suppose, at times how to connect to yourself that we can use these, we can use these, you know, archetypes and everything else to just to help gain a, a broader understanding of, of who we are and what we can do as women, I guess. Yeah. So looking at all of what we've talked about today, what would be one kind of piece of advice you'd give someone that is starting out on this journey or is on this journey of becoming more of themselves and and owning, like you said earlier, the ownership of who they are? Yeah. Um, I suppose a couple of things really. Always trust your gut. Always trust your gut. Your gut will never let you down. You know... When we overlook that, we're kind of, again, we're, we're keeping that loop. We're keeping the loop of dysregulation going on, but we're also keeping our voice under wraps. We're not being true to ourselves. And I guess that all parts of you make sense. Always. You know? Yeah, all parts of us make sense, always. Mm, amazing. So where can people find you? Um, as, as yeah, you mostly work with women, but how how can these women find you? Yeah, yeah. So I am um, on my website is onamcoaching.com. So www.onamcoaching.com. A N A M. I'm on Instagram as well I'm at Adam Coaching. Um, so yeah, I, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, it's it's a uh, 
it's a tricky one. LinkedIn is a tricky one because you're, you know, there's the business side of it and everything else. And then there's the kind of holistic and spiritual and it's a big bridge there. <laughs> trying to build a big bridge um so some get it some don't so you know but uh but i'm on i'm on um i'm on tiktok also as well very low-key tiktok that's <laughs> not my it's not my uh it wouldn't be my number one platform or anything but um so yeah but yeah i'd say i do i as you say i work with with women um and men if you know if if i'm i'm more than happy to work with both men and women yeah Amazing. Thank you so much for taking out the time today. It's been such a pleasure. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed us. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks a million. Oh, look. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Unlock Your Magic. If you like this episode, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast to subscribe, rate, or leave us a review. These small actions help us immensely since we are an independent podcast without any sponsorship. See you next time.